you know. And the church is a place for people that are feeling this way. And many, as you talked about, people are feeling isolated many times when they're at the point of suicide, depression, loneliness, as we've talked about in this country, is becoming one of the highest, you know, in 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 history. And that is why we need the church. We need people to become come to a place where they can be loved. Uh, where they can be understood, where they can come and 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 be prayed with, and, and how much more do we need the church today that God, that Jesus died for and gave His life for and calls His bride? Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us once again this week. I'm here with Pastor Nick Katie, pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado, and you are joining us as we are back in our series, uh, Grace and Truth, as we're studying through the book of 1 Corinthians. And uh, if you missed our sermon, which is called Time to Grow, it was studying in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. If you missed that on Sunday, uh, definitely get over there, whitefieldschurch.com. You can download it off our website, but you can also find it on any of your favorite uh, streaming platforms. And uh, if you would, just give us a, 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 a thumbs up a subscribe whatever it asks you to do uh, rate and review is always great let us know you know if this is blessing blessing you, you know if you if you uh, correspond with us within those, these apps it definitely puts it up on the algorithm and gets this content out when people are asking these questions you know about life and god and and uh, we can give them you know christ-centered gospel-centered answers to their questions and, and good content. So do that for us. We just it's super help out this channel and we're we're grateful if you do that. But you know this week we find ourselves in 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 3 and uh, we you know one one of the specific verses you talked about I didn't you didn't elaborate a lot. You know as soon as you, we read that verse we're like, well this is something that would make a great sermon extra. And it was 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 and it's commonly the you know I'll just just read it for our our, our viewers and um if my thing will work here. All right, verse, it, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. And many, this verse over the years has been used to kind of justify or the the fact that that if you commit suicide, that basically that's the unforgivable sin. You're going, you know, Suicide, you're going straight to hell. And it's kind of being, this is the kind of the proof text for that. And this is kind of one of the questions you get a lot on your radio. When you're on the radio, uh, when you do your live call-in show, that this is one of the questions people ask a lot. If I commit suicide, will I go straight to hell? And so we just want to kind of spend a little time discussing kind of the background and, and the context of this verse. Yeah, I do get that question a lot on the radio show. Um, and, you know, whenever I get that question, the immediate thing that I want to ask that person is, why are you asking this question, right? Like, on the one hand, I do want to give them an answer, but I also tell them I want to know why you're asking this question because I don't think that somebody's just sitting around, you know, enjoying life and then wondering, oh, hey, I wonder if I'll go to hell if I commit suicide, right? So I, I think that oftentimes there's a story. There's, in many cases, a loved one has passed away by suicide. Um, in other cases, this person is contemplating or at least beginning to kick around the idea of, well, maybe that would be a way out, you know? And um, that's the main thing I want to talk to that person about when I talk to him on the radio. Tell me why you're asking this question. Tell me a story. And my heart really goes out to the, that. And uh, I would just 
want to start here by saying this, that if any of you watching, you know, stumble upon this video because of that, because you feel like, um, you're stuck and there's no way out or, or you feel like, you know, tragically someone you love died through suicide. Um, I would want you to know if on the one hand, if that's something you're thinking about, that there's help out there, that this is not the way to go. It's not, not a good thing to do. It's much more harmful to, um, to those who will be left behind than you can ever imagine. And, um, and I really, really would encourage you um, not to do that and to reach out to the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And we can put the number for that in the, um, in the notes below and in the, mm -hmm. in the section and all that. But to answer the question, um, this verse is not talking about suicide. Now, it has been used historically to talk about suicide. Um, but we know for sure that it's not talking about that. And um, that doesn't mean that suicide, the Bible doesn't have anything to say about suicide. I mean, suicide, we can say, is a, is a form of murder. It is, it is ending a life which is not your right to do. You don't have the right to end another human life, neither your own nor that of someone else. And so therefore it's murder. Murder's a sin. Is murder an unforgivable sin? No, there's one unforgivable sin, and that is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which is rejecting the work of the Holy Spirit and drawing you to Jesus and repentance. So, you know, is it possible that in a moment of darkness someone could be drawn into this? Um, yeah, I, I think that's possible. I think it's a sin. Um, the good news is that Jesus died for all sin, past, present, and future when he died. Now, that being said, uh, is, there's an interesting, you know, just to explain why this is not talking about suicide, he says, don't you know you are God's temple? And if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy. You are that temple. Now, when we read that in English, what we miss is that the word you in English can be used in uh, either the singular or the plural. And in this case, it's being used in the plural. Now, here's what's interesting. In chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians, Paul is actually going to use this same concept that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit dwells within you. You are not your own. Honor God with your body. Don't defile the temple of the Holy Spirit that is your body. And he uses that in chapter 6 in an individual sense. So this does apply in an individual sense. But the sense in which Paul uses it in 1 Corinthians 3 is in the plural sense. And I think what many people miss when they read 1 Corinthians 3 is they don't catch on to the fact that Paul is talking to the Corinthian church about their church. So first he talks about building the church, but then he talks about these people who are destroying the church. And he's essentially saying, God takes it very seriously if you tear down the church. So be those who build up the church of God and love the church of God, not those who ever tear it down, neither with your words nor with your actions. In their divisive behavior, they were dividing the church and they were tearing apart the church that Jesus loves. And so that's his point here. He's, you are the temple together. The, you as a church are the temple of God and don't destroy it. God takes that very seriously. Okay, so that's the point there. Now, what's the history behind this? It's actually very interesting. And um, without going into like as much detail as I can, I'll just summarize it like this. In the early Christian church, there was, uh, the situation was that there was persecution from the Roman authorities. And then remember, Christianity spread also outside the Roman Empire. There's actually more persecution of Christians outside the Roman Empire than there was for Christians inside the Roman Empire. But that aside, um, there was a lot of persecution, but it was, it happened in flare-ups. 
So there were times when it was like a government-wide, empire-wide policy. Um, but in most cases, it happened in little flare-ups and little pockets, right? So a local authority would take issue with the Christians in his jurisdiction, and he would do something to kind of, um, you know, either incite a riot against Christians, so get the populace, you know, attacking Christians, or they would do it as official government policy. And only in a few cases was it a, a empire-wide policy. The last great persecution under Diocletian, this would have been one of those, um, and that was a later one. But for the most part, they were in little pockets. And all that to say that um, for many of the Christians, it was considered, like, to die with Christ was considered um, an honorable thing. In fact, they had these books that were distributed that were the stories of martyrs. And one of the most famous ones at this time was the story of two martyrs, two female martyrs named Perpetua and Felicity. And their story is still available. You can look it up online, Perpetua and Felicity, and their account of their martyrdom. And it's kind of their journal that they wrote in the days leading up to being martyred um, in, I believe, the second century A.D., so all that to say that uh, it was very much an honored and respected thing. You know, the, many of the apostles, yeah, actually almost all the apostles, were martyred for their faith. And so it became this weird thing, though, where it became this idea where, like, um, if you really have faith, then you will be martyred, right? And so you could say that, like, people almost in some cases sought it out, and particularly women. And this is what became interesting is that many women felt like they were trying to find a way to serve the Lord and to do something for the Lord with their life and respond to the love of Jesus. And so in some cases, they would, they would be like, well, the most radical, you know, sold out thing for Jesus you can do is to be martyred. So I will be a martyr. I'll be a witness with my death. And so they would essentially go and like pick a fight, if you will, with the authorities and be like, hey, I'm a Christian, you know, kind of like throw themselves in front of the cops and be like, hey, I'm a Christian, you know, what do you think of this? Jesus is Lord, take that, kind of poke him in the eye, which would incite the authorities in some of those cases who may not have been actively persecuting to say, okay, well, we have to follow through with our policy or whatever, and they would um, execute them. And so in response to that, some of the church fathers began stepping in and being like, hey, this isn't good. Like, you should not be trying to die, right? And um, if you die for your faith, that's honorable and good, but it's not honorable and good for you to be out there like seeking it out and trying to make it happen. And so this is one of the verses that was thrown out there in this discussion which was, well, you know, there is this verse that says you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. If you destroy the temple, etc. So it's interesting that this came about not because primarily of depression, like we tend to think of suicide as um, being about depression in our day and age. In their day and age, it was almost like a heroism, right? Like I'm going to, it was almost like showing off in a way. It, it became that for some people. And so in order to kind of curb that and quell that, the church fathers pulled out this verse and started using that. Well, over time, especially Roman Catholic Church, they, they held on to these writings of the church fathers and they said, well, look, in the past, the church fathers used this verse to say that. And so it became codified as a doctrine of the Roman Catholic Church that if you commit suicide, you are definitely going to hell, right? Do not pass go, do not collect $200. You're going to hell. And that's it. 
and it was considered a mortal sin for which there's no in their system right with the whole purgatory and all that they there you couldn't mm -hmm. uh, there's no you know fixing this it's a mortal sin you're done not so, enough hail marys <laughs> you, you couldn't you, yeah, yeah. You, there's nothing you could do so that's the difference between yeah. the two kinds of sins in this case this they would say this is one that there's no no forgiveness for so they essentially said it's an unforgivable sin and they based it on this verse and so what i'm just here to say that and this is not just me this is most theologians now would look at this and say that's how it developed that's what they said but that's not actually what the verse is talking mm -hmm. about now yeah. again that's not to say that suicide should ever be justified yeah and i think also you know just that that other verse in uh, YouTube, the sister verse kind of to this one, 6 verse 19, is also the verse kind of people have used over the years for not smoking, not drinking, not doing doing anything that would harm your body in, in any way, though it's been a bit, you know, there's not really been anything like a standard set by what exactly is that, that, you know, is a somebody eats too much McDonald's, harming their body, you know, you know, destroying their temple, you could make an argument. Yes, they are, you know, you know, so yeah, no, it's just good to, you know, I think it's very important to take these verses and, and especially a verse like this, you know, when it's talking about a topic so, so, um, you know, egregious as suicide that somebody would, you know, be at that part part in their life where they feel like they the only way out is to take their own life and to be be looking at this verse and trying to you know find some kind of justification you know that we really find context for some of these things and that's an you know that's why we study the bible and it's important to take these verses and put them into context and read the whole chapter and find out what paul is talking about here and that's you know that's very important today is that paul is talking about us destroying the church and, and i think you brought that up on sunday as well how much god loves the church you know and the church is a place for people that are feeling this way and many as you talked about people are feeling isolated many times when they're at the point of suicide depression loneliness as we've talked about in this country is becoming one of the highest you know in 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 history and that is why we need the church we need people to become come to a place where they can be loved uh, where they can be understood where they can come and 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 be prayed with and and how much more do we need the church today that God that Jesus died for and gave his life for and calls his bride as we do today and so yeah no just I think that's just a great topic for us for this day to discuss and and uh, yeah and if people are, are if you're out there as Pastor Nick talked about and you're just really this is a question that you have uh, you know um, you need to talk to somebody and uh, We'd, we'd love to hear from you. There are resources available for that. Find a friend. Tell somebody. You know, I think that's important. Tell somebody. Invite somebody into your world and invite somebody to, to come and just sit down and talk and, and listen, to, listen to you. And uh, so, yeah, that's definitely something to think about today. And, uh, yeah, if you missed our sermon again on, White, uh, on Sunday, whitefieldschurch.com. Get over there and you can download it and share this with somebody. Share this with somebody you might want to hear, needs to hear this message today. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless. <laughs>